Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. She said it's cold outside and she hands me my raincoat. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ah, time for our weekly conversation with the man, the myth, the legend. Lloyd calls him, and I think Spherian calls him the job father. Are you a business owner? You have better things than the job hunter. Scramble to find your next great hire. Let Spherian Staffing and Recruiting do it for you. Visit them online at Spherian.com or just shoot off a DM to our guy, Tim Lacombe. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? It's... uh I'm out on the road. I'm out on I-15. I got got a lot of jets flying over the top of me, so that'll tell you what part of the valley I'm in, right up here by Hill Air Force Base. And um, excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, you mentioned Spherion, and yeah, we are we're hiring constantly. Now, a big national brand like Nestle, we actually do all the hiring for their plant here in Utah. Um, so, if you're interested in a gig. You're looking to change or maybe pick up, um, you know, just some part-time stuff. We've got a lot of different things you can look at, and we also can do direct hire and, and headhunting as well. So, yeah, a lot of good things going on, and that's why they call me the job father. But I have heard a rumor that I've been coined something else on this show. Uh, that's just a rumor. Uh, and yeah. Lloyd and Lloyd may have said it once. I don't... Nope, straight rumor. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. You guys have seen that Chris Everett bit you know with uh with rome yeah <laughs> and jim reverend hey you you say dodge father one more time <laughs> let's see what happens hey i'm hoping you've got a guitar in your hands right now i wish i did it'd be hard to hard to drive i'm i'm a man of many talents but i'm not like i can't do them at once i'm a, i'm not a one-man band i have to have I have to be in my element. So, no, not right now. But I appreciate you guys giving me a shout-out yesterday. I heard that. It was great. Would you ever be up for a jam session where you just come into the studio with your guitar? Uh, Scotty, Lloyd, myself will sit in with you, and we'll just hit some sounds. 
I would love that. I, um, you know, I'm motivated by food and or money or the esteem of others. So I think we could figure something out. We've got at least one of those three. Yeah. Yeah. We can correct. We might even two of three. But I, do Katie, have, I don't know. I don't know about the money part, a, but the food. Yeah. The food and the no, esteem I, we I have in spades. You. Yeah. Food like a Whopper will do it. You know, double Whopper. Uh, extra onions. <laughs> That sounds good, actually. I did actually sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim will come yeah, joining us. Funny thing, Whopper's a funny thing because I'm a I'm a comfort food Big Mac guy. I'm I'm a McDonald's guy. I always have been. But it is the you know the outlier, the one in every ten. You go get that Whopper and you say, why don't I get it more? Anyway, just something that makes you go hmm. There was a uh, there was a summer of the ninety nine cent Whopper uh, in college, and let's just say a significant amount of Whoppers were consumed that summer for ninety nine cents. It was uh, yeah, it was a problem, and uh, the guy behind off the desk said, "Here comes Whopper boy." Yeah, yep, like uh, yeah, yeah, like oh, and he's going to order more than one. Let's just count on that. <laughs> All right, I love it. <laughs> so the Jazz losers of four in a row, 0-3 on this road trip, and I think that there were some people now that look at this team and say, okay, this is probably what we should have been doing all along, uh, but kind of give us where you think this team is at right now, and uh, is this a team that will continue to set some guys and uh, maybe stack up some L's down the stretch? Yeah, my guess is yes. Um, you know, I'm definitely not in the camp of – this is what we should have been doing all year long because I think there's been a ton of value in going through the process the way it's been it's gone through. I think you, you maintain real integrity to culture. Um, and now, you know, it's just – I liked what Coach Cleveland said the other day on DJ and PK one morning. He talked about not as though the Jazz are tanking. They're not going out there and saying lose games. They're just – they've moved the roster around enough at this point they've They've gotten the little pieces and nuggets of gold out there that they've been able to get, like that Lakers first pick. And in, in so doing, had to kind of water the roster down. And now not as many veterans, a lot of more young guys, dudes that have not been in the situation. And so the end result is you're going to struggle. And then when guys sit out on top of that, it really makes winning next to impossible. Um, but all the while, and again, why this is still important, in Dallas the other night it was Dallas at full strength against a very watered down jazz team and Will Hardy has that team ready to play and they again take it right down to the last possession or two so there's been real value in what's been crafted this year from a coaching perspective a trust perspective a chemistry perspective but most importantly a culture perspective Coach, I'm curious now because we are, as you mentioned, just the way they're running the rosters and the way they're putting some young guys out there and what we get to see from these guys. There are some guys that I think a lot of Jazz fans are curious about their futures potentially with the Jazz. I actually want to start with Johnny Juzang because they've rolled him out a couple of games and given him some minutes. What are you seeing from Johnny Juzang? Does he got a future in this league? And if so, is it with the Jazz? Well, there are a lot of measurables. I mean, he's a you know he's a, a pretty positionless guy in terms of his ability to guard multiple positions, and then also, you know, he's got the length and offensively, he's got the game that he could probably be you know play multiple positions. So that's a positive. I think the one thing I notice in him is that, you know he's just got to shore up his skill level. You know, ball handling, 
his ability to make shots uh, consistently, to have more, be more than a one-trick pony, to be able to bounce it, you know, get into the mid-range, create contact. So a lot of growth for him. But but I like you know the I like the elements of who he is right now. I think there's a lot of growth. Just him this year alone, his understanding, working with coaches like Coach Morrison, the G League, who does such a great job, uh, and then obviously Hardy and his staff. He, he's learning a lot of nuance. And so you, you watch all the God-given stuff, and then, as, as you know, the things he picks up. And, and he'll be an intriguing guy. I don't, know, I don't know if he'll stick or not, you know, here or in the league, but he's definitely a guy that's, that's got a lot of ability in a lot of ways that are impacting the game today. Tim Lacombe joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Um, Chris Dunn uh, on his uh, second 10-day contract. Obviously, tremendous college career, fifth overall pick. The talent is there. Uh, is he got the opportunity to really revitalize his career and uh, and maybe get uh, an extended contract uh, in the offseason? I think Chris Dunn's playing his way into you know back into the league. I think what we see out of him – really translates a guy that plays hard uh that's really engaged in trying to get stops uh is unselfish has that burst ability to separate and you see him in the open floor take off sometimes it's really striking but i think the biggest thing that he brings is maybe the failure from before um that can really tweak your mindset it can make you do things maybe you weren't humble enough to do the times before but I think whether it be here or somewhere else, it, what he's doing is really impressive. I mean, the other night he had eight rebounds. He was a leading rebounder for the Jazz against Dallas the other night. So it seems to be a guy that's really, really willing and what looks like able, you know, do a lot of things, dirty things, you know, hard things that help teams win games. Let's talk a little bit about Simone Fontecchio. We've got a pretty good sample size of him at this point. What are you seeing from him, and what's his future in this league? Sorry, I went under a bridge, so I missed who you said. I heard the question, but I didn't say hear you say who. Simone Fontecchio. <clears throat> Simone Fontecchio is a you know a pretty skilled guy. Uh, has struggled at you know for a lot of, of time recently at making a lot of shots. But I think there's, there's pieces you see. Um, it, it's so hard because it comes down to really what a team's looking for. I think if he could become a knockdown shooter, that just like a, a guy that, you know, shooting over 40%, then I think he could find a place. But I, I think that that's what it's going to take. Um, not a good enough ball handler, so... I think a guy who tries really hard defensively, uh, but he's got to become a better shooter, in my mind, to stick long-term. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So as you take on Orlando, then uh, you, you wrap up this road trip uh, and then come back home after a six-game road trip. Where do you think this team is at in terms of confidence coming down the stretch? Because, you know, obviously the, there are four games under five hundred at this point. Um, I, I think they're struggling a little bit, uh, but yet they still battled like crazy against Dallas. Like, where do you think the mindset of a team is coming down the stretch with, you know, 17, 18 games left and four games under five hundred? Well, I think these guys all understand that, you know, the playoff race is really tight. And in order to, you know, to be able to make a push, you're going to have to win games. And like I said before, just by virtue of the roster, and then when multiple guys, you know, are sitting for different reasons uh, health-wise, your your margin for error is going to be really narrow. What I have noticed is this, and it's been a common theme, uh, when the Jazz with the Jazz all year long, and it's been a, a simple phrase that Coach Hardy's used, and I think he uses it regardless of the lineup and regardless of the task at hand. It's play hard, you know, lead with playing hard, because if you play hard in this league, good things are going to happen. We saw that the way this team started the year; they really took people by surprise with how hard they play. And so I think number one, play hard, and then I think number two has been pass the ball, share the ball, um, jo- you know, do it together. So. You know, in a night where Lowry's not out there, Clarkson doesn't feel like he has to get, you know, 40 points because there's other guys that can, you know, when their time comes, they can make a big deal about it. So I think those two things have been a constant. I think this team understands the big picture. Um, I don't think there's a ton of pressure either way, like make the playoffs or don't. But I think what is pretty set is that the roster's narrow and thin compared to – and pulled back from what it was to start the season. So I don't think losing is coming is any surprise, but I also think they do a, they're doing a great job of managing, really selling this as opportunity and reps for these young guys. Like, where are you going to get go find 30 minutes? Uh, where are you going to go start a game at this time of year? So a lot of those things, you know, it's a developmental time for, a lot, for, for all of these guys, including the coaches. All right, so I'm going to make you the head coach of the Phoenix Suns for just a minute. And you just saw what happened with Kevin Durant in the pregame warm-ups when they were taking on OKC last night. He twists his ankle bad. He sets his entire oh, yeah. ankle down on the court. It's a bad twist. Ends up in a boot. He's had three games with Phoenix. So three games, three opportunities with Chris Paul and Booker and Aiton and the crew. And now he's got this bad twisted ankle. Would you feel comfortable just taking Kevin Durant to the postseason, or would you feel pressed to get him back for a couple games? How would you handle or manage this injury for Kevin Durant? Uh, no, I wouldn't push it. Uh, obviously, I think the one caveat I thought Phoenix would would really gel once Kevin, you know, KD joined them. And my one caveat was as long as he stays healthy. Because you guys mentioned it earlier in the show, he's coming off, you know, prior injury. And all those things are intertwined, you know. Um, I had the awesome experience, Dr. Craig Bueller, who did a ton with the Jazz. And he worked with Stock and Malone during the majority of their career. Pretty innovative chiropractor. And he, you know, he, he really, he worked on me a bunch because I'm old and getting 
frail. This is back when I had access to it all the time with coach with uh, coaching. But you know, just the way everything's interconnected. And you know, if you're weak here, you're going to compensate here, and you're going to put this at risk. Um, and so I think what has happened, obviously, is KD. You know, every we've got we've seen guys go through warmups like there wasn't like he wasn't trying to be you know spectacular. He was literally going through it and slipped, not even slipped, just rolled his ankle and. So I would make sure he's good. Um, like you guys, it puts everything Phoenix is trying to do in peril. And, you know, it's a great lesson for a young owner who everybody was congratulating for a couple of weeks. And now, you know, they gave up a ton to get this guy and make this run. So you just you hold your breath because uh, major sacrifice taken. And now we just wait and see what the docs say and how, how he really is able to come back. How, uh, how, let's just say Morant is out for the regular season before he finally gets an opportunity to play for Memphis. Uh, and, and I know there's all the, uh, just putting all the off the, off the uh, court stuff aside for a moment. How can Memphis try to right the ship and keep it going without jaw? Or is it impossible? No, I think that they, you know, they're built, you talk about culture, you know, and, I've been really impressed. I was actually impressed with that team before anybody was even really talking about them. Uh, we had the opportunity during COVID, the Grizzlies came in and played one of these back home stands against the Cavs, and it was back when they only let you know fifteen hundred people in the arena. So I sat pretty close to the floor up above for the mask on and watched the game, and it was so telling early on. That Memphis was there to play. I mean, they were laying wood to the Jazz. Their physicality, the bench was up cheering. And, you know, I took note of it, and I've been able to kind of sit back and watch Taylor Jenkins do what he does. And he's, he's great with culture, and, and that culture is being tested right now. But it's why you invest in it, and um, certainly a lot of swirling around. But I think you do have the pieces, you know, other all-stars, other really veteran players that can step in. But it's going to take a concerted effort. It's going to take a real concerted effort to then really tap into that culture and, you know, hide your time, hide the storm until you can get him back. And hopefully, you know, he learns his lesson. What a great guy, uh, great young player. And, you know, a good kid who's just got mixed up in some bad stuff, and it happens. You know, I, I don't want to cancel this kid, but, I, I, again, somebody that watches these dudes play, and the opportunity they have to affect the world for good in so many ways. He's just hopefully somebody can get to him and he can make better decisions going forward. I know Craig Smith has got Utah going in the right direction. I mean, 11 wins last year, 17 wins this year. And I love Craig. You know, I think he's a great dude and a great coach. And so I, I feel like uh, Utah's going to get it going. But going a year where I don't know if Utah or BYU are going to get NIT invites, and I'm sure both would turn down the CBI or whatever else tournaments are out there. I mean, to, for both teams not to go to postseason play, I mean, I it just bums me out. I mean, I started sports radio when when Utah and BYU were both cooking and, and Majerus and Cleveland and, and things were rocking here in the state. And it just, I don't know, Coach, it just kind of bums me out that Utah and BYU are – you know, kind of took a step backwards in basketball. Yeah, and it's hard, man. It's it's a new era, and I think everybody's trying to adjust to it. Certainly, you know, it, I've read ad nauseum the, the WCC over the last, you know, couple of weeks and how 
you know, quote unquote disappointing it was that BYU never won the league uh, or conference championship, which I totally get. Uh, you know, I think you have to look beyond, you have to look at why. What are the extraneous circumstances in this situation this year? Um, you know, everybody knows about NIL, but it's kind of burning below the surface, and you can kind of give guys money, and you kind of can, and some teams have it really wired in. Guys, the entire thing, college basketball is about staffing and recruiting. It's just like Spirion, man. You've got to have players. you got to have people that can move the needle. And, you know, that's what it has to get back to. I think, uh, you know, it's it, – we all got spoiled for a long time. You know, sat and watched uh, Coach Rose and Coach Majerus and, you know, uh, Coach Morrill at Utah State uh, go to NCAA tournaments like, you know, going to a candy store and getting a five-penny candy. But the, the landscape's changed. And I think it's going to help with BYU going to the power – a power conference, it's gonna. It's obviously going to be a major, major learning curve, but that tournament, the NCAA tournament, is made for the power conferences. And it's yeah. become more and more that way over the past. But seven years for sure, it's harder to get in that tournament when you do not have somebody really hitting for you. Um, and, you know, WCC can only hit so much. And um, so... Yeah, you hope like crazy that that these guys can get uh, get some players in there and kind of move the needle. They're they're not far away. I mean, BYU won 19 games this year. Uh, that, that's a hell of a lot of games, and they lost a lot of games by a point or two. You know, some really crushing losses. Yeah. Well, coach, appreciate your time as always, and I uh, look forward to catching up again here soon. You up or down down there? Have you have you hit the tables? Are you <laughs> you divulge that? Or your home teachers listening? Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't partake in any of that. He does I, not uh, indulge. You don't do any of that. No, nope. no, okay. no. Nope. He does not abide. Right. Well, if no, you the whole. See somebody that does have to throw a hundred on black swan. We. You got it. I, I, you know, we're actually in a hotel that uh, we used to stay in the South Point, which has a great poker yeah. room, and uh, you know, it's not like look, it's not the nicest hotel, but I don't care about that. I, I care about. You know, do we got some uh, five ten dollar blackjack tables, and do you have a good poker room? And and so I, I enjoyed the South Point because of that. But now we are not in the South Point; we are in a non casino hotel because the coaching oh, so staff. Oh, you got to make thought, an effort. Gotcha. So I got to make an effort to get to a table, and I haven't made that happen yet. Nor will I if anybody else is listening. So there you go. Appreciate I'm it, really coach. Proud of you. I, I know you've been on. You've been seven years now without placing the bet, and I'm really proud of you. Not a single bet over the last seven years. My guy. Nope. See ya. And and Hans and I wouldn't even know how to make a bet. Nope. Hey, I haven't <laughs> lost a game since 2019, so top that. There you go. Now we're top, Now we're cooking. Thank you. All right, Thanks, Coach. Boys. All right, we'll see ya. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness. 
I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.